<laughs> You're not that ready. We're moderately. I'm trying to adjust my chair, and the whole thing sank out from underneath me. <laughs> Are we ready? Uh, now, yeah. Okay. Sure. Listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. And now it's time for Rachel's trivia: the end of the world. Bum, bum. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> sounds grim. <laughs> Rachel, yeah, well, uh, take it away. <laughs> As you all know, we are rounding the home stretch on the church year, which means we are racing toward the end. Uh, This is the time of year when we uh, celebrate Christ the King Sunday, Um, when we celebrate the last Sunday of the church year. We have readings about the Ten Virgins and and, um, sing wonderful hymns like Wake Awake. Um, It's it's when the church takes a moment to remember that this world is not going to go on forever, that God has, has promised that he will be making all things new. Um, and so it's it's a very, it can be a dark and gloomy time of year, and it is because it's November. Um, <laughs> but it's also very meaningful. Um, so our quiz today will be on the end of the world. First question. Oh boy. It's the end of the world as we know it. How are you feeling? Fine. Fine. Yes! yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, Pop culture. R.E.M. and the American Rock Band put out It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine in their 1987 album document. And I can never think about this time of the church year without those lyrics running through my head. Mm. Leonard Bernstein. Um, Did we just do this? (laughs) (laughs) I really really do love that song. But now we're going to segue for question two to a song that I don't love. We spend a lot of time nerding out about hymns on this show and talking about which hymns are our favorite. Yes, we um, do. But this is this question concerns one of my least favorite hymns in the oh. hymnal. Uh, LSB 508, The Day is Surely Drawing Near. Mm-hmm. It's from the end times section. Mm-hmm. Um, I can sing it in my head right now. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> so okay. let's see let's see your hymn nerdery and if you can figure out what it is that I don't really care for about this song. So I'm going to Sing part of the first verse, and I want to see if you can fill in the blank on the lyric. Okay. You can't cheat. Okay. I've got a hymnal, but I won't open it. And Sarah, no cheating. I'm holding the hymnal, but I won't open it. (laughs) Osmosis, do your thing. Go through my... Uh Okay. Okay. All right. So it starts like this, and you'll you'll recognize this, I'm sure. The day is surely drawing near when Jesus, God's anointed, in all his power shall appear. As judge whom God appointed, then fill in the blank. What comes next? Something oh, about so something about silence. clouds of thunder. Nope. <laughs> Goats and sheep. <laughs> no, good guess. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I stumped you. Then 
Fright shall banish idle mirth, oh, and right. flames on flame Flame's shall ravage earth, as, as scripture long has warned us. us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, right. I remember that now. Yes. And then the in later verses, it goes on to talk about woe to those who scorned the Lord, that they'll stand with fear and trembling and to mm. Satan be delivered. So, you know, as someone who really, really loves hymns, like, we praise mm-hmm. thee and acknowledge thee and praise to the Lord, the Almighty, mm-hmm. um, an amazing grace. This, I, I just can't get it's fired up about singing. It's a fairly cheerful tune right. as well about for such this. dark words. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, when, when I talk about this, and I'm not denying the truth of scripture because uh-huh. it totally does talk about this stuff, but I feel like a hushed whisper is more mm. appropriate than a mm-hmm. dancing triumphal organ tune. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, but I think I may be in the minority on this because it seems like uh, if you just look around Christian culture as a whole, reading and studying the book of Revelation, which in my mind is like the scriptural equivalent of its dystopian fantasy novel in its <laughs> sort of tone and scope. So, Revelation is big business. So how many of you remember Left Behind? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I, I like to call that one the Harry Potter of apocalyptic Christian fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, it introduced untold scores of readers to ideas like the rapture, the antichrist, the tribulation, and the difference between pre, post, and amillennialism, mm. which is something we don't get into much in Lutheran circles. No. So question three. How many copies, approximately, did the 16 books in Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins' Left Behind series sell? There's 16 so books in there? That was what I was asking as well. 16 books. It takes a while to end the world. Wow. How okay. many combined? How many total yeah, combined? combined? One billion. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good guess. I'm going to say 3.47. No. Take it back. Sorry. Keep in mind, there are only like seven billion people on the planet. Three? Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you could always buy them for all your friends and family. Mm. That's true. Okay. You so... can have multiple copies. Okay. Man. You said a billion? I said a billion. I'm going to say. Out of snark. <laughs> 650 million. Oh, no, you should have gone with 666. Uh, <laughs> is that your you answer? Had read. Yes, that's my answer. Six, uh, no. You have a rosy view of the publishing. 666,666 <laughs> copies sold. What was Yikes. it? So it are like we all too high? <laughs> You're all, all too actually high? all too high. It's, okay. Uh, nearly 80 million. Oh. Um, okay. So to put this in perspective, this is more, and now granted, this is the whole series combined, not yeah, the individual yeah. books in it, but it's more than The Shack, more mm-hmm. than The Purpose Driven Life, wow. fewer than Pilgrim's Progress, but then Pilgrim's Progress mm-hmm. has been out for like 300 years. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Although putting it in secular terms, Fifty Shades of Grey sold 125 million copies. Mm-hmm. So okay, um, well. still in the, in the shadows. So yeah. yeah, but it sold a ton of books and it became this sort of cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. There were movies with Kirk Cameron in them. Yeah. Um, and the, they just changed the conversation about the end of the world for a lot of people. And, you know, it, and it showed how fascinated people are with this idea of all things coming to an end in a, in a grand dramatic fashion. And I do get it. Peter writes in his second epistle, I, I looked up this first coming into this because I felt like it was really helpful to put this in perspective. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness 
but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And yet, how often do we as sinful humans get really impatient with God? Um, (laughs) We want him to go ahead and start smiting the evil and show Mm -hmm. all those awful sinners who's boss. And we want him to blow the whistle on our earthly suffering and declare a start to the grand eternal celebration that he has promised us. We, We pray, like in the scriptures, how long, O Lord, and come quickly, Lord Jesus, because He's made us some wonderful promises and we can't wait for them to be fulfilled. So yeah, I get why people are fascinated by it, but this impatience and this fascination has led to some pretty ridiculous shenanigans um, (laughs) (laughs) among believers who want so badly for this all to come to pass. So this brings us to our next question. What was the event in American history that came to be called the Great Disappointment? It's got to have been a prediction of the end of the world that did not come true. Turn of the century? <laughs> yes. Of the century. Ding, oh, ding, ding, ding. Hey, yes. <laughs> no, not, tur- not turn of the century, but right to Aaron's. Oh, okay. It was exactly. And uh, so far, but none of the one? predictions yeah. Yeah. of the end of the world. Is it the this 2012 one? one? No. Oh. This one was um in the 1840s. Oh. Uh, William Miller, he started a movement called the Millerites. Huh. Um, and his he spent years of intensive study of the symbolic meaning of the prophecies of Daniel uh, and came up with a date. And he didn't want to make it too specific. He wanted to give himself some leeway, <laughs> but he thought it would be between March 21st, 1843 and March 21st, 1844, that the end of the world would come. Hmm. And then it didn't. And he adjusted and then they, uh, so it was supposed to then be October 22nd. You know, you can just say, oh, mm, whoops, I forgot right. to carry a one in my, <laughs> yeah. in my numerological analysis. But it, October 22nd, 1844 ended like any other day. And this became known as the Great Disappointment. Because so these people sure. had, had put a lot of faith and a lot of stock in this being what would happen. Some of them continue to look for Christ's return, predicting other dates, future out there. Some theorize that the world had already entered the seventh millennium or, a, you know, some spiritual end of the world that we just mm. missed it. But it did, it did happen for real. So, yeah, that was the great disappointment. And we do laugh at these quaint and crazy Victorians. But it's true, as someone was trying to point out a bit ago, that this sort of speculation has happened much, much, much more recently than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. question five. Which evangelical radio personality predicted the end of the world first in 1994 and then again in 2011? Remember this one, I'm sure. Evangelical radio personality? Uh-huh. Thinks she you knows. took out billboards and everything. Um... I feel like I should know evangelical radio personalities. I know what, oh, I don't know if he's right. <laughs> well, he is retired now. Give it a try. You can do it, Bree. <laughs> Who's the guy who did 700 Club? Oh. Pat something, right? Yeah. Robertson? I can see. I can, is it Pat Robertson? Yeah, Pat Robertson. That's a great guess, but no. Okay. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> all right, you're not going to get this. It's Harold Camping. Huh. Oh. Um, he noted he's notable for his succession of failed predictions. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, he predicted his his final one almost was for May twenty first, twenty eleven, 
and his family radio organization uh, put out a large-scale publicity campaign. And this was after the dawn of the internet, and the internet had a little fun with it. Um, <laughs> As the internet th- does. Yeah, I think someone actually was trying to sell Rapture uh, pet insurance at the time. Oh, no. I, I have a vague memory of this. Oh, wow. In case you're raptured, I'm not a Christian. I'll take care of your pet. Um, wow. So, I mean, it was... These sorts of uh, apocalyptic predictions in the age of the internet take Uh on a whole new flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, So after that date passed with nothing happening, Camping said he believed that a spiritual judgment had occurred on their date, that date, and that the rapture would really occur October 21st. Um, and soon after that, he retired from public life. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, this end of the world prognostication, it's recent, it's not so recent, and it's also really early, too. Um, so for our next question, we're going back to the dawn of, of Christianity. Ooh. Many early believers thought, and if you read the New Testament, you see this sort of pop up here and there. Mm-hmm. They thought that the second coming of Christ would happen sooner rather mm-hmm. than later. Um, and that it was like, you know, decades away, not millennia, as it has turned out to be. And we see this referenced... Uh, even in one of the Gospels. So your next question is, which disciple of Jesus did many of the early Christians think would still be alive when Jesus returned? John. John. Yes! Good job! (laughs) So at the very end of the Gospel of John, when when, uh, Jesus is reinstating Peter to his apostolic ministry, um, they see John, who never refers to himself by name, but, you know, you totally know it's him. Um, (laughs) And Peter sees him sort of walking along eavesdropping and says, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread among the brothers that this (laughs) disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but only if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things. So already there were like, there was this sort of belief that, that John would still be around when Jesus came. And John did, in fact, you know, live longer than the other disciples. Mm-hmm. But I know it must have been a real um, heartache to people who had sort of held out hope that this might be for real um, when John did finally, mm. finally die. And it's one of, of course, John's other writings, not the gospel, but the uh, revelation that is the focus of so much end times meditation and speculation. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna bring this quiz out of the quagmire of evangelical idiosyncrasy <laughs> and back into the Lutheran sphere where we like to Put where we back. like to live. Put it back. <laughs> <laughs> no more William Miller or Harold Camping or That's REM right. Jim Baker for the rest oh, of the face. quiz. But REM was fun. REM was fun. Yeah. Um so would this is a yes or no question. Oh boy. Would Luther have been excited about leading a Bible study on Revelation? And I ask this because my husband and I know many other pastors have been asked by people in their churches, could we do Revelation in Bible study? Um, so if Luther had received a request like this, would he have said yes or no? I'm going to no. say no. No. Pretty confidently. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was not. A f- <laughs> he was not a fan of Revelation. Um, he he. Says, there's a, a 
a quote in some of his writings about this book of the revelation of John. I leave everyone to free to hold his own ideas and would bind no man to my opinion or judgment. I say what I feel. And then he goes on to say how much he doesn't really <laughs> like the book of revelation. <laughs> but, but he ends this, ends this segment um, by saying, let everyone think of it as his own spirit gives him to think my spirit cannot fit itself into this book. There is one sufficient reason for me not to think highly of it. Christ is not taught or known in it, but to teach Christ is the thing which an apostle is bound above all else to do. Um, and then going on, therefore I stick to the books which give me Christ clearly and purely. Now, I'm not quite sure what, I mean, when I read Revelation, I see Christ all through it. But, uh, you know, he definitely preferred those books which were really, really focused on Christ's death and resurrection, his atonement, mm -hmm. his, you know, and, and he thought that Revelation just wasn't as interesting to him for that reason. And I, I think that's a really unique perspective on the book. Um, because for most people, it's really, really interesting. And Luther's <laughs> response was just, meh, you know, if you like it, cool. <laughs> you do you, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As for me, meh, um, yeah. pass. <laughs> so for the last question in our quiz on the last things, what are the last words of the book of Revelation? And they may not be what you think. Something like, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Right? I feel like amen. Okay. I was going to say amen. amen. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good guess, too. I feel like I need to go read the Bible. Okay. <laughs> there were, there were several, several possible answers that I was thinking you all yeah. insufficient. Yeah. There's, right this, uh -huh. there's this paragraph near the end that says, if anyone adds to the words of this book oh, or takes right. away from them, uh -huh. you know, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's one that a lot of people think is the... The, the close, end. not only of Revelation, but the whole Bible. Then, of course, the, the bride and the spirit say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But the mm -hmm. actual words are, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Called it. Ah. Which is so wonderful because... You do not I get think... credit for amen. Mm, why? <laughs> that question. Tell us, sorry. Tell us more about why it's so wonderful. I'm sorry I got distracted. I should have paid attention to the grace. Wow. People read Revelation and they're trying to figure out, okay, when does the smiting start? And what's it going to look like? And, you know, it, there's, this, there's the same fascination that we have with this book that we do with, you know, like I said, any dystopian kind of thing. Only this one is scriptural um and so people can get kind of lost in the weeds in revelation mm -hmm. but for me that for me reading it is all about um jesus wins no matter what and that when you sort of step back from you know the locusts and the dragons and the bulls and the trumpets and the horsemen and all these uh, evocative details you step back and look and say what is this book really saying to the church and that's what it says. The Lutheran Study Bible, in its notes leading into Revelation, has this wonderful quote that I think really uh, encapsulates the theme of the whole book and is a great thing for us to remember uh, always, but especially at the end of the church year. And it says, no matter what the devil may throw at you, Christ your king is with you. He has overcome the evil one. He will strengthen you in the face of all persecution and distress. And so I think if you if you read Revelation with that lens, 
it becomes this encouragement and faith rather than, you know, this really horrifying nightmare of things that are hopefully going to happen to other people and not you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, that's that's the end of my quiz. How do you feel now? Still fine? Fine. Yes. Okay. I feel I even more fine. <laughs> 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 well, thanks, so, Rachel, for, yeah, for the, end of, the end of the world. <laughs> Although the end of the church year isn't quite as, I don't know, mm, doom um, and gloom. Ominous? Yeah. As, I feel as... like everybody just sort of ignores it because they're oh, all that, thinking, yeah. Christmas. Advent starts. Right. Advent starts and we can get out the Christmas. Um, <laughs> but you and know, the... so it's just sort of this giddy up, let's go get this over with. But the thing. end of the church year has some fantastic hymns. Mm-hmm. It so sure does. There's that. Yeah. And we only really sing them at the end of the church year. Yeah. So sing so, Wake Awake and maybe yes. skip The Day is Surely Drawing <laughs> Near. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Let's sing that one all the time. All right. Yes. Well, that's that's all for this episode of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Uh, there's always episodes at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on your favorite podcast player. Make sure you join our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. There's always people posting something. Um, there's probably lots of polls for you to check out, too. We do. We do enjoy our polls. Sarah, would yes. this be a time to mention that there is also a Friends of the Lutheran Ladies <laughs> on Facebook fan page, which was set up um, by, uh, well, Aaron's dad, I think. Um, yeah, and another of, my, another of my friends who's a pastor who wished that he could join. So the Lutheran Ladies Lounge Facebook <laughs> group, the private group, our discussion group, is, is ladies only, as the name would suggest. Mm. Yes. But if you are not a lady mm-hmm. and would like to also be part of conversations surrounding the show, look up the Friends of the Lutheran Ladies Lounge and we do appreciate that gesture. It's very sweet. It is. That is true. We have a fan page. It's like we've arrived in hashtag Lutheran Famous. <laughs> yes. uh, so find that on Facebook. If you search Lutheran Ladies Lounge, I'm sure you can find both. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around and uh, listening to all of our episodes. I hope you're having a wonderful Advent slash Christmas slash end of the church year. I did those in backwards order. Season, you're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge.